When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. From a business side, I won't talk about anything on contract negotiations or what we're doing. But I do know we were very excited. And I think the other thing that Kirk answered last year, too, was can he win the big game? And when you see him go down there and lead us uh, in Dallas, and then even when we didn't play very well the first half in Denver, for him to bring us back to win that game and to go down there and have a big signature win in the playoffs against New Orleans in overtime. So you're seeing things, and I give a lot of credit to Coach Zimmer and Gary Kubiak, putting him in in situations to have success. And I think it's even going to go farther uh, next year being in the same system. Football. Football, football, yeah! Gentlemen, good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Good to have you back. Back, huh? Suspension's over. Suspension for violating uh, HIPAA, HIPAA law when you revealed what was going on with Randy. All right. I'll throw it out there. Uh-huh. I will apologize to Randy in, in 20 minutes. Wow, that didn't right take now. long. I will apologize right. to Randy. Okay. I don't think he's listening anymore because he was He said he put so us put on time out. Yeah. But I was able to, through uh, a friend of a friend who lives in Cottage Grove, track down a number that I think... He will answer. I guess we'll find out here. So more personal we're privacy gonna, violated. Huh? Wow. We're going to call Randy. This is just fantastic. Wow. Listen, I'm just trying to get Randy back in the mix. We want The audience wants his mock draft. We want his He's mock draft. He's on 2.0. I know. He's on, we never even got 1.0. He's already moved on to 2.0. I don't know for who, if he's not doing it here. So my, my I'm willing guess, to apologize on the show today right. in 15 or 20 minutes from now. Good. My guess, 1.0, CCO probably. Think so? Yeah. At the rate we're going? Oh, that he called? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 2.0, KQ. That's my guess. Possibly. We'll see. I'm sure Bernard would love 2.0 maybe from we, Randy. And maybe we can uh, maybe we can get 3.0 today. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So, But let's start off with this year, gentlemen. Dan Graziano, who has become like one of the premier inside information reporters in the NFL. I don't think he's on the Schefter level. I don't think he's yeah, necessarily no, on no, the... No, 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 no. But he might be on the Rappaport level. Uh, I think he might be the next level. I think that's fair. But Dan Graziano, and this is also a, a combined report on ESPN.com with Jeremy Fowler, who used to cover the Vikings for the Pioneer Press a few years ago. And they write, We will be surprised if the Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, doesn't get extended at some point this offseason. 
as the team needs cap room and reworking Cousins' $31 million cap hit creates cap room. But we're also told the Vikings are in no major rush at this point and could wait until after the draft to seriously work on this if necessary. They have options with other contracts, releasing defensive tackle Linval Joseph and cornerback Xavier Rhodes would provide nearly $20 million in cap room. So here's my question to you guys. Would you rather extend Kirk Cousins for three years or whatever and you get to sort of smooth out the cap hit for 2020, right. but you'd be locked into probably a lot, like a lot of guaranteed money to the point where you couldn't just get rid of him for at least the next three years. Would you Would you like to extend Kirk Cousins for three years? Mm-hmm. And it would free you up a little bit in 2020 to add some pieces in free agency. Or ride out his current contract, which is, I want to say, like the sixth or seventh most lucrative contract relative to the cap. I don't have the list in front of me. And let him hit free agency after 2020. It's a $31 million cap hit. Correct. In this coming season. Yep. And the problem with the thinking of let's just wait, Let's just wait this time. I think the longer that you wait, the higher the price goes. Unless Kirk Cousins just falls flat on his face in the coming season. I think the price only goes up from here. Because you have a lot of other quarterbacks, high-profile quarterbacks, that are either free agents or due to get paid within the next year. And every time a quarterback gets paid, the market for quarterbacks goes up. And if Kirk Cousins throws up anything near what he threw up last year numbers-wise... I know it wasn't good enough for a lot of Vikings fans, and honestly, I get where you're coming from. Somebody's going to step up and pay him big money. So the longer you wait, I think the price tag might go up. And quite honestly, if I'm Kirk Cousins and I watch Tom Brady sign a deal, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, all these other high-profile quarterbacks that are going to get paid this offseason, Patrick Mahomes is due to get paid in the next year or so, Deshaun Watson will probably get paid in the next year or so, and not to say that he's going to get paid on the level with those guys, but the market keeps going up every time a high-profile quarterback signs another contract. If I'm Kirk Cousins and I watch the market go this offseason, I might just say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I'll take my chances in free agency next year. Might sign back here, but I'll take my chances in free agency next year because I think I'll make more money. And you tell Kirk, best of luck. Good luck. He is the type of guy that bets on himself throughout his entire career. Can I I provide an interpretation of what you read, Phil? Because if you guys recall, Graziano and his and his folks were, I think, one of the first ones to the, and they were probably told this, to the conclusion that Cousins was going to be extended. He might have been the first. Now, it's not shocking, but I think he was putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and he was probably told at that time, hey, it makes sense to extend Cousins. I think the Vikings w- will do it. It could have been a Vikings official, more likely probably like an agent or something, okay? Mm-hmm. Sentence two in what Graziano wrote is a, tip to what he learned at the Combine, I think. But we're also told the Vikings are in no major rush at this point and could wait until after the draft to seriously work on this, if necessary. So what he's basically saying is, I talked to someone with the Vikings at the Combine, and they're saying, hold your horses, big boy. We could do this, but I'm not guaranteeing it. Sentence, uh, the final sentence, is the key one that I think links the entire conversation of Cousins and Zimmer together and becomes vital to the difference in thinking in Egan right now. Releasing defensive tackle Linval Joseph, who Zimmer likes, we know that, and and cornerback Xavier Rhodes would provide nearly $20 million in cap room. All right, if you put the pieces of what Graziano is writing now together... He's basically saying, I'm backtracking from my initial report, not because I think it was wrong, but because I was told 
to cool my jets. Cousins might not get extended, even though it still makes sense, and it does. $20 million also doesn't... Get, keep in mind, when you save $20 million, you're also losing a starting quarterback and a starting defensive tackle that you also have to find at some point in the draft or in free agency. And that's where that final sentence, though, becomes even more important, because that's just two names of what could be several names of defensive guys that Mike Zimmer is going to be told by the Vikings are leaving. The Everson Griffin thing last week, I I didn't really put two and two together until yesterday on this. But you know how Mike just came out and was like, well, we're talking to him, and I expect him back. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to now call passive-aggressive Mike. And that's Mike putting pressure on both sides, Griffin and his employer, to say, we're bringing him back, right? Because I just put that pressure on you to bring a guy back that I want back. But if you think about, if Griffin takes his services to the market, I think he gets paid a lot more than the Vikings probably can pay. I think he's probably gone. So what I'm saying is, I think the Vikings are going to tell Mike, you're going to lose quite a few of the guys that you really like, and we're not going to extend Kirk necessarily. Because extending Kirk just does what we've been doing forever, which is kicking a can down the road, and no matter how many times you do that and how much fun that seems at the time, there comes a price to pay for that. I think there's a very good chance that this is, I've been wrong before here, this could be the offseason in which Rick Spielman asserts his authority over the 53-man roster to say, Mike, sit down. I'm helping you make decisions this year. So I think Graziano, it's a brief tidbit, but I think it says a lot about the potential thinking, at least uh, among some very important people with the Vikings. On the Cousins front, he bets on himself every step of his entire career. He was mad about the franchise tag thing to the point where he decided not to sign some of those sort of fake long-term extensions that Washington was trying to get him. And he went out and bet on himself when he became a free agent and said, I will take a shorter-term deal if I can get a fully guaranteed contract and then hit free agency again. And so every step of the way, Kirk Cousins has looked to maximize short-term, 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 whether it's one year or, or three years. And so if we believe that Kirk Cousins, because like what, what this report is saying is, hey, the Vikings would kind of like to rework that contract a little bit and maybe you sign into a three- or four-year extension, smooth out the cap hit, and the translation there is they don't want to pay him top dollar because he's not a top quarterback. They would like Kirk Cousins to fall somewhere in a middle ground of quarterback salaries that does not exist in the NFL. It just doesn't. You either become... The top paid quarterback on the market when you hit free, like Dak Prescott wants to be the top paid quarterback on the market. Well, if you are slotting every quarterback in the NFL based on performance and kind of where you should be, Dak should be like the 10th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But he's going to be the top paid quarterback most likely if the Cowboys, uh, I mean, even if he hits the franchise tag for a couple years, he'll eventually be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL because he's the next guy up. And so if it's between... Kirk Cousins betting on himself, and you have to pay that price now or in a year from now when he becomes a true free agent, or you go and try and draft a quarterback in the first round, I'm not going to get sucked into overpaying for a guy that doesn't change my franchise. You should either be on the hunt for the Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes types and pay rookie-scale contracts or say goodbye. Like You should not get stuck in a situation where you are paying top dollar for a non-top quarterback, because that's a recipe for nine and seven, ten and six, capped for your team. I don't entirely disagree with you, but I think that 
when you draft a guy in hopes that he's going to be Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, I think you need to have a, a plan B if he doesn't pan out to that in terms of how can we win with this guy if he only reaches these heights. So let's say his ceiling is a 10. What if he only reaches 7? How do we how do we how are we a successful football franchise around that guy? Because the philosophy of well we're going to keep shooting our shot, swinging our swing to go and get Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes and every time it's not P- Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, we're going to hit the reset button, punt on that guy and go look for him again. Like you're going to be looking for a long, long time. Right. It's going to be hard to watch. But you're not going to be paying top dollar for sure. a non-top quarterback, True. too. And they're not sure. going to pay. They're they're going to go if they go to Kirk in the coming month with a contract extension. I can almost guarantee it's going to be a contract extension that they deem to be favorable to the team. With the conversation being, do you want to win? Because that's the question. If Kirk Cousins says, "Guys, I like to get paid." You're not good enough to do that. You need help. What if we have learned? So, if the last two years of Viking football are a class project and Kirk Cousins is the guinea pig, what have we learned? We've learned that you can plug a quarterback in and get damn good statistics, and boy, are those impressive in fantasy football. Yeah. But as far as winning, you have tied yourself up in a salary cap league to a point where you can't go get that quarterback what he truly needs. So I don't think the conversation of a potential extension is ever going to be, can we pay you again? I think it's going to be, here's what we can pay you because this is what you can do, but we need to get a left tackle. We need to get a better left guard. We need, And if Kirk Cousins says, you know, fully guaranteed again, let's go four years, I think he's gone. But I, I think it goes beyond that. I think that there's, I think there's differing factions of opinions with the Vikings right now about where this team stands, about who to bring back, about who to pay, about who to extend. And I think that there are, and rightfully so, very differing views of the most important thing involving this franchise. And that is, where do you perceive the window to be? Personally, I think it's mostly closed. Head coaches are never going to say that. But that goes to Cousins, that goes to Zimmer, that goes to his defense, all of those things. That's one of the hardest things to self-evaluate, because the people that are doing the self-evaluation, Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, if those guys were to say... You know what? Uh, I think the window is closing. Then they're going to get fired because that's the culture that we have in sports today in the NFL. You don't. Yeah. You, oh, they can't admit the window's closing. But that's that's no, what bothers me. To do that because Mike Zimmer is a Mike Zimmer is a damn good general manager. He has flaws, but he's put together rosters and he has kept the Vikings competitive. Rick Spielman, you mean? What did I say? Mike Zimmer. Rick Spielman. Uh, Sorry, yeah. gotcha. but Mike Zimmer is a damn good coach yeah. as well. Those guys. Those guys. You could probably float Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer to 10 to 12 franchises in the NFL, and they would immediately say, yep, I would trade my coach, if not more than that, my coach or my general manager for those two guys. But but, but what we do here in, in 2020 sports media and fandom is if you go up the ladder and you fail to win a championship and you start coming back down the ladder, instead of saying... All right, well, maybe if, if you just take a step back and take a breather and run it back with the same general manager or the same coach and just, all right, you, you might have to take a step back or two to make that happen. We say everyone's fired, bring in two new people to run it, and that's what those guys know, too. If you're Rick Spielman or you're Mike Zimmer and you objectively say, Kirk Cousins, especially making this much money, is not good enough to lead this team to where we want it to go, and the the defense that we built a couple of years ago that was number one in the NFL the players are aging and they're too old, and now we're going to go into a stretch where we probably have to get rid of like half of them 
draft some new guys. It's not going to be a top three defense anymore. And so, therefore, the window is closing. If they were to explicitly admit that, they would get fired. But I don't think that's necessarily fair. Like, those guys were good enough to... To I don't build think Mike, a franchise. Rick Spielman might be a different story. I don't think I don't think Mike Zimmer can admit that to himself. I don't think Mike Zimmer can wrap his head around we're not trying to do everything we can to win it all this year. I think that's just how that guy's wired. That's how he's geared. Rick Spielman maybe has a little bit more perspective and can take a look at the big picture, but I really just don't think that's how Mike Zimmer is wired. If if the Vikings came to him and said exactly what you just said, hey, we think the window is closed. We're going to start from scratch. We want you to be the next head coach. I don't think I don't think he'd want any part of that. He would say, "Let me out of here." I don't think Mike Zimmer would want I think he'd want to be fired in that particular scenario. Rick Spielman maybe not. He might be cool with with, you know, jumping to another ship and trying this thing all over again, but Mike Zimmer no chance. I think he's down with that. Here's my biggest question about Mike that also stems from his answers uh that he gave at the combine as well. And this becomes an incredibly important question that we don't know, but it appears that he likes to do things his way and might not be coming off that. How much is Mike willing to adjust and change to? Because that becomes a very important thing. Because I would say that in our our lifetime, and I'm 50 now, I don't know that sports has ever changed as much in our lifetime as sports is shifting right now. Analytics, Mm -hmm. look at how people perceive things. Look at how practices are conducted, some places, but not other places. And, you know, Mike is, again, to Phil's point, I agree, he's a damn good football coach. He's really good. There's a lot of teams that would like him. But there also is a, there, there's a reason now, no matter what I thought of it personally, why this team likes Stefanski so much. He embraced things that now in 2020 are the norm. And in 2022, they're going to be the everyday norm. Mm-hmm. And so... I think there also becomes the question of if you're going to just say you got to do things your way, 10 years ago, you might have been able to do that for five more years. Now, I'm not positive about that. Who do you think is easier to replace at whatever level they're at right now? Maybe this is a new game we can play. We will play Fire Extend year to year Mm. later on. Oh. And Mike Zimmer will be one of the subjects. That'll be at five o'clock today on Mackie and Jub with Rami. Score North app. Who is who is easier to replace and find someone that can perform at or better than the level that they are at now? Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, or Rick Spielman? How would you rank the three in terms of, all right, you're going to say goodbye, and your goal is to find someone, quarterback, coach, general manager, that is as good or better than those guys have been so far to this point in their career? Because I, I actually think finding a Kirk Cousins-level quarterback is, People are going to say, like, well, what do you mean? Throws for 4,000 yards. I actually think finding someone who can help guide you to nine or 10 wins at that position is probably the easiest of the three. We sit here and say, like, well, I mean, like, go get a younger coach that can be more forward thinking and offensive minded. Yeah. There's a lot of train wreck guys in that category. Stefanski might be too. I don't know. I'm just saying they, they valued what they valued what he brought. And who knows? He might go to Cleveland and he might win three games because mm-hmm. God knows a lot of guys win three games. I in believe Cleveland. I told you and write that down, John. He wins at least ten games. Well, there, but there you go. And then they're right. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good one. Rami, you want to go? So, who am I most confident in? Is that no, the question? No, the question is: You've got Spielman, right. Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins, right? Rank them based on 
how easy they are to replace and get the same or more out of the replacement than than you are getting with the current, the incumbent. Cousins is probably the easiest to replace. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at quarterback play around the NFL, and that seems like a crazy thing to say, but I'm going to go back to what I keep saying about Kirk Cousins and quarterbacks around this league. There are about t- varying shades of, but there are about 20 Kirk Cousins in this league at any given time, and those are guys who are exactly good as what you put around them. To, de- to varying degrees, but that's what Kirk Cousins is. And then you got about five guys who are going to be good no matter what and raise up the level of play guys around them. And then you have five to seven guys who are, you know, not very good, and it's just a matter of time before their team realizes it and moves on to a different guy. So Kirk Cousins is one of about 20 guys in the league right now who fit his description. I don't know that there are 20 Rick Spielmans out there. I don't know that there are 20 Mike Zimmers out there. That's the thing. Like We focus so much, and again, I'm not saying those guys are flawless or that they shouldn't at some point be evaluated and that I would for sure give them extensions, but I just think it's so easy to say, well, oh, here come the Vikings again, windows closing again, fire Rick Spielman. Right, okay, but like Rick Spielman has been a pretty damn good general manager. That That's just all that, that's, that's the only piece I want to bring to this, which is we are very trigger happy without knowing what's behind door number two. The door, the one that scares me the most as far as the replacement is the head coach because we've seen bad ones here and they aren't, this notion that I'm just going to go hire this guy who, who was an OC off of staff because, man, he was good or knew Sean McVay is misguided. Yeah, But that doesn't mean that I'm completely sold that Zimmer is adapting and changing as much as he's going to need to. Tom Coughlin, you guys, adapted and changed because players were like, we can't play for you. Yeah. You're a, a bleep. And so he's like, okay, I'll change. So we might... Or fans might think analytics. Uh, who cares? Just go with your gut or something. Well, no, that's changing. So, so it scare it scares me if I'm the Vikings trying to replace my coach. But I also don't think that you can dismiss it if he's not going to adapt himself. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, Purple Daily was out at the combine for three or four days last week, going over a lot of this stuff and who the like the, the next step for the Vikings. You can find Purple Daily with Matthew Collar and uh, Sage Rosenfels, Courtney Cronin, Alex Boone. Two to four here on Score North and also on demand, scorenorth.com and the Score North app. Um, I, I think this is ridiculous, quite frankly, that I even have to do this, but I am willing to apologize to Randy and Cottage Grove. That's no way. If it means that he will up, mock man. again on our show, because I do no enjoy way, his mock drafts. There's no way to open up Peace Talk. The audience, I'm doing this for the audience. The audience wants oh, his God. mock drafts. Saying, I will apologize. He's if basically it means. saying this is an insincere apology, Judd. Before he apologizes, he's saying, I'm not doing this because I mean it. I'm doing this for the listeners of yeah. Mackie and Judd with I don't me. care why he does it. I just want the mock draft. But if I'm Randy, I don't even accept the apology. I don't mean to plant that seed for Randy, but I don't even accept the apology if I'm Randy at this point. I want a sincere apology from Phil if I'm Randy in Cottage Grove. Well, we do. We have tracked down his number. And Jonathan, I think we should. Uh, I can't believe you found can we, can his we do number. This, can we do this live here? We can call him, right? It's like he's upset that you violated his privacy and you found his private phone number. Private? What do you mean, private phone number? Is this a business number? Have you never heard Is of white this... pages? <laughs> Yellow pages? Whatever the hell. Don't forget, he's not working these days. Is he still on leave? The last time we talked to him, when he talked to us, he was still on leave. And we're going to call him live on the air. We're going to cold call him on the air. I think Jonathan's, Jonathan's 
Hold on a second. Is he type? Is he calling him? See if this works. By the way, we have new phones, so I have no idea if we even know how to use our phones. It's not that hard. Okay. I figured it out. So if I can figure it out, anybody can figure out our new phones. All right. Just saying, like, I feel... See, I've adapted. I feel like like he over... I feel like this jock itch thing that has been plaguing him, I feel like it's a cry for attention. But listen, I'm willing willing to go to your guy's side with this thing, and I'm willing to... uh, Okay. I'm willing to take one for the team. I just want the mock. Actually, I'd like both right now. Does he have one and two? Is he going to give us one and two? I think that's a little overkill, don't you? you Is he not answering? Did he answer? Oh, I think Jonathan got him here. Do I just hit this number six? Is that how this works? Yeah, hit it to the yeah the number six. Okay. Um, I I told you that I'm I'm I'm. Please stop calling me. I'm not allowed to vote because of something temporary, and and I'm getting all these phone calls. And please. Take my number up, uh, Randy. Off, no, Randy. This list. is not a this is not a telemarketing call. This is this is Mackie and Jeb with Rami. You're uh, you're live oh, on I, you're live on Score North right now. No, I I I made it clear. I I'm I'm on a you guys are on a timeout. The bozo no. made fun of me. I, it, it's it's I'm, you're in you're in timeout, and uh, I put you on uh, on a on a on a boycott a timeout. Well, listen. I tried to explain that to him, Randy. Just so you know. Well, that bozo, that bozo was me. Okay, I will raise my hand. That bozo was me. And um, what, did, what did you? What did you? What did you? What did you do? Why? Why do you? Do you recall why I was upset? I do recall why you were upset, and I. Oh, why? Why was that again? Listen, I I don't want this to get confrontational. Okay, you've you've been a long time. Well, well I had I had a very serious and, and and prolonged health scare and a setback, and and uh, you. Thought it was uh, thought it was amusing, didn't didn't you? I mean, yeah, that's dude, somewhat accurate, I guess. But listen, can, but can you two just mend the fence so we can get the mocks? Listen, really? I just let me let's just let's let's bury the hatchet. I just want to apologize. I will raise my hand and I will apologize for, for cutting for what for what for cutting off your mock draft the other day last week, whenever it was, and for making fun of your jock itch problem. No, no, that's not what it's called. It's got a medical name. It's 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 tinea curis. Okay, I, I went to a doctor. We got this. We got on top of it. Okay? What is it called, Randy? Tinea curis. It says. Look it up. It's it's got a medical name, and and there are lots of different people who suffer. And I'm done being. Uh, we're we're done hiding. Okay, we're done feeling a stigma about it. Uh, there's a lot of different ways it can develop. Uh, in my case, it's athletics. Um, and I'm on top of it, and I tried a lot of things, and and uh, I'm not sure which one exactly worked, but we got it under control, and and I and and, and I and and I, I I am mocking. I'm back to mocking. Awesome. And and I and That's great but to I'm hear. Not, you can't just call. You can't just call me and, and ask me to mock cold. I don't you know mock on the fly. I first of all, well, we, we, we no, we've got we've got some time here. We've we've carved out a couple minutes for you to. You said you're on mock draft 2.0. No, we're past that now. The two two zero was right after wow. the combine. Wow, we're, we're already, already at what on a three? three? We're we're in the middle of working on a three. But I well, either way, whatever whatever mock you 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 want, you don't you think they just tell Kuiper we're going to give a cold cold yeah. call you like a like right. a telemarketer? He know he knows when when he's going to mock, and you've right. got to get in get in the right headspace and and stretch out your brain a little bit. And 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 I'm not even thinking about mocking now. Because uh, I thought we were done. I thought this whole 
this this uh, school north thing was over, and then and, and here I go. Now you're calling me to talk. How did you get my number? First of all, that's not important, Randy. That's a good question, okay. Randy. That's not important. I warned him, so Randy. The same way you, probably the same way you found out about my tenure careers. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I you, 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 I'll mock when I'm ready to mock. Okay, you're going to get a call with my mock. I don't care. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. Maybe in four weeks. Maybe you don't get a mock for this whole season. Okay. Maybe I'll call somewhere else and mock. Who, who knows? I. The bottom line is, I, I, I'm not your mocking little mocking, uh, you know, circus dog. Okay. I don't just mock when you want me to mock. I mock. I mock for the people who want to hear it, and not the people who make fun of my tenure careers. So uh, that was a half-ass apology. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just go ahead and focus on my own situation, and I, and you'll hear from me when I'm ready to be heard from. It's cool. I wanted to ask him a couple questions. Oh my gosh, I found it. You found what? Tenure curse. It's a real thing. He was right. Was he pronouncing it right? Yeah, I think he was. Jock itch or Tania Curris, T-I-N-E-A-C-R-U-R-I-S. The real question is, can he spell it on Twitter correctly? <laughs> what, are you trying to get him not to call us for sure? Of course he can't. Toady. You notice a couple times he said we when referencing working on the mock? Does Randy has a, does he have a staff now? I'm I'm guessing he probably probably does he have people yeah. working for him his name's peter to schrager together the mock I think his name's peter schrager the people he plagiarizes oh okay all right i also wanted to ask him he said something worked i wanted to ask him if it was the yogurt like eating the yogurt no 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 no, no, no. Oh, he, he said on twitter he he applied yeah. yogurt to the area okay last week we saw this greek yogurt yeah we had a greek yogurt sure. yeah not sure why we had a long conversation about what well, does have a cooling effect the repulsive yeah, but, nature of that it's also got sugar in it, so that's probably not good. Hmm. All right, well, maybe uh, maybe next week we can get that mock draft 3.0 here. By the way, Randy's, I didn't feel like it was that half-assed, by the way. I thought it was I put very myself half-assed. Out there. I'm with Randy on this. Trying to get noticed by, like, big wigs in the football mock world. He, Chris Collinsworth tweeted the other day, Seriously, we need the very best. You will love it. And he posted a job opening for Pro Football Focus. Randy quote tweeted it and said, Can they please tune in to listen to my mock? Try to get hired. Where he's going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, at Randy Vikes sixty nine. If anyone's interested, Tania Curris. How is that not a band? It, it might be now. <laughs> That's got to be a band name. Actually, Google Tania Curris music and see what pops up. <laughs> okay. And uh, later on, we'll do I'm, extend. I'm right there. Extend ear to ear and fire with Mike Zimmer, Richard Pitino, and Ryan Sunders. Uh, Judd saw one of his favorite athletes. Uh, last night, and uh, we'll dive into that when we come back here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the Tania Curris Studios. Score North. <laughs> oh, there's pictures. No! Oh, no! 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 That was a bad idea! No! No! Good Lord! No! You know, Luther Brookdale Toyota is here to fix a lot of problems. Not that one. Not that one. So glad I didn't search. Oh, uh, they'll fix a lot of things in that service department, which is the best in the Twin Cities. And they'll make sure that your vehicle is running right and running safe. It's March now, and it's like 40 degrees and sunny, but there might still be a winter beast storm of some kind here in the next six weeks. So just just make sure that you're running right, running safe. Stop in to my friends on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale Toyota, and uh, find out what I've been raving about for years here on Score North. Also, that customer lounge with six workstations, all with cable TV, two massive flat-screen TVs, and complimentary snacks, cookies, coffee, tea, 
play area for the kids. It's very convenient. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available right now over at scorenorth.com. You can play 12, 18 whole rounds at 12 beautiful courses for just one low price of $75. That's a $435 value for just $75. Supply is limited, so visit scorenorth.com. Keyword deals to purchase and learn more. If you missed Score North live today, Doogie had president of basketball operations for the Wolves, Gerson Rosas, on, and he talked about a Carl Anthony Towns injury update saying, uh, you know, he's doing everything possible. You know, most guys under this situation would just say, hey, let me get surgery and be done for the season. But, you know, Carl is doing everything possible to make sure that uh, he's able to play here sooner rather than later. Uh, we're supporting him in that endeavor. Um, there's multiple evaluations that have to take place uh, before the end of this week where we'll have an update. But uh, things are positive, but you know, as, as things go, it's it's a day to day situation where you have to be evaluated. And he's doing everything possible. He's been all over the country getting different different opinions and different evaluations to make sure we're doing the right thing by him. And everything so far has been positive. So we're moving forward in that regard until there's an update. That's been your score on download. Now back to Mackie and Judith Rami. But her knee was Suter. Twelve seconds left on the five on three. Ovechkin scores. He got it that time. Bar down for Ovechkin. A power play goal ties it. Over Chuck, who's next off. Ovechkin, and he scores! Two tonight for Alex Ovechkin, and we're only halfway through the first. So the Wild ran into that last night on national TV. One of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Uh, Judd, you were in attendance, and is it fair to say that Alex Ovechkin is one of your all-time favorite athletes to watch play in his prime? Yes, and and so here's where I land on him as well. There are some guys you can watch on TV, and you're like, okay, that's incredible. And then you go watch them in person, and they're really, really good. But it doesn't really change. The dynamic doesn't change that much, right? Ovechkin is phenomenal on TV. But when you see his size and that shot in person, and the, the comparison that I make is watching Ovechkin in person to me is like watching LeBron in person. Because there's guys like Steph Curry, Carew, Cano at the top of his game in baseball. It looks effortless, right? And you almost watch, and this is not realistic, but you almost watch those guys and think to yourself, I could do that. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. LeBron and Ovechkin are the opposite. They play such a big, heavy, and it's not even necessarily um, consistently smooth game, but it's a dominant game. And the attributes that they have... They're so physically gifted that, to me, on the couch, okay, it's cool, it's great. In person, though, you are blown away. And Ovechkin, LeBron, there's been a few who, when you see them in person, it's absolutely captivating. So I think the list in the 90s, when all of us were sort of like, you know, in our, just coming up, we were slightly different generations here, mm-hmm. but we all like very much were into 90s sports growing up and whatever. I think the... the Michael Jordan in basketball was this guy. Wayne Gretzky was probably still the guy in the 90s in hockey, even though he was playing for the Rangers. But like early 90s Kings, Wayne Gretzky was probably still the guy. Baseball, it was fast becoming Mark, but it was Ken Griffey Jr., Mark McGuire in that period. 
And what sport am I missing here? Football in the 90s? It was, might have even been a run. It might have been like Barry Sanders in the 90s. Bo Jackson. Early 90s, Bo Jackson. Yeah. What is that list right now? The one the current players? The Ed, just like you got to, if that athlete's coming to town, you got to consider it. You got to stop what you're doing, put the, you know, turn the channel, whatever that is. It's Mike Trout in baseball. See, I don't know if it is. Here's why I, I say don't, it. I don't think it's Mike Trout. Here's why. I'll tell you why, though. When when we went to the All-Star game, and I believe he led that game off with a triple, watching that in person, the man, Buxton runs like a deer, but Buxton's sort of a sleek-looking guy. Like, you're not, Byron Buxton's speed is off the charts amazing, but when you see it, you're like, you don't say to yourself, well, that makes no sense. When I watched that triple, and I just watched him run like a deer at that size. That's crazy. I was blown away. Don't disagree. I don't disagree. So that, but that's why I say because baseball and baseball is a little bit tougher too, um, because h- hockey is is a sport that is definitely not captured on TV because of the isolation on certain plays. They don't isolate players, uh, but the the trout triple was off the charts. You had to see this to believe it to me. I actually think in baseball right now, and I'm not saying this player is better than Mike Trout. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. I think the most must-watch player in baseball is Bryce Harper, because I think I think there's got to be some sort of personality and some sort of style to Mike Trout is a robot. He's got the most. He doesn't have like a a, a stylish swing of any kind. Uh, his personality is paint drying. Bryce Harper has a personality. He has one of the most unique and fun to watch aggressive swings in all of baseball, and he can hit a ball 500 feet if he gets a hold of one. Mike Trout can too. But I actually think if you polled America, who's the more exciting hitter to watch at the plate? I think you might even get some Giancarlo Stanton votes before you get some Mike Trout votes. So I, I would put Bryce Harper as that guy right now. I think you kind of have to be, and this is the failing of Rob Manford in baseball, no surprise there. You almost have to be a baseball nerd to appreciate Mike Trout. I think if you're a real baseball guy, Judd is right. Mike Trout is the guy you want to go see because he may be, when all is said and done, the greatest baseball player of all time. Like that's I know that sounds like hyperbole. I know people throw around hyperbole a lot when you tune into stations like this. I'm not that dude. I don't throw that stuff around very often. Mike Trout might be the greatest player of all time. But if you're talking about casual fan, fringe fan, entertainment value to the naked eye, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably a Bryce Harper, maybe a John Carlos Stanton, one of the other thumpers around the league who's putting up 45, 50 home runs every season now. But I think if you really, if you're a baseball guy, it's Mike Trout right now. Yeah. What about the, there's two sports left on the board here. We can, Ovechkin, we can all agree, right? I mean, is there anyone in the NHL right now? McDavid. But, but again, see, I, I think that, that there's two different types of players that we're talking about here. One is the silky smooth guy who makes the game look simple. And that guy is great. Steph Curry's great, right? I'm talking about the guy, though, the bigger guy like Trout, Ovechkin, uh, LeBron, who when you see them in person at their size and with what they can do, and it's not even, again, that they are smooth, it, but it's how they just dominate the floor or the ice or field. To me, with Trout, it's like watching, and, and I didn't see this guy play. I probably came too close. I wish I had. It's probably like watching Mantle play. But Mike Trout is just such a country kid. He's big kid. He's not, you know, so he doesn't play a smooth game again. But the athletic ability that he brings within that body is is why and, and I almost think it's the big guys who, who you have to see in person because the smoothness sort of translates to me on TV 
It's when you just own the floor, the field, or the ice with an authority because of your size. Yeah, and, and I, as you say all those things, I actually think Byron Buxton is a more stop-and-watch player than Mike Trout. And some of it's because I follow the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. And, but I like, see what I think, you're saying. I think Byron I think Buxton, talking... Buxton's a more exciting player to watch to me than Mike Trout. You guys see Mike Trout, I know I'm about mm. to sidetrack things. Mm. Destroy that golf ball on the driving range amazing. yesterday? No, I did not see. Oh, you don't, it just disappears into the night. You just find it. Quick search on Twitter while we're sitting here on, right now. Mike on Trout, the Angels Twitter feed. It's crazy. It's insane. It's, I don't see the is ball. He, is he a known again. good golfer? I don't even know that it's real. I don't know, but he could do those long drive contests. Oh yeah, he could. That but I'm that? sure of. I think he hit it out of. He the destroyed the golf ball. Oh, it was at a Top Golf. Yeah, yeah. You got to see. And I think he hit it outside of the. I don't think the nets contained it. It's right. absolutely insane. Oh! Oh! Yeah. Oh! Yes. I think that's legit. I don't, can that be real? Can that be real? Yes. That can't be real. The whole place shuts down. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, that's a funny video. Who who did this? Who's the wizard behind this this doctoring of this video? The ball takes off. It's a great time. And looks like it's going to explode. It's insane. Yeah, he probably hit that over the net there. Those top golfs, I'll tell you, you... Those, it's like 250 yards to the back. And that net's like pretty high for guys like us, but if you're a Mike Trout caliber athlete or if you're one of those long drive dudes who can hit the ball 400 yards in the air, you're probably clearing that net. I'm how, sure they've done research on this. How great thought, would it be if Mike Trout walked away from the game to go be champion long driver? <laughs> you know what? He'd probably get marketed more. Probably, yeah. They do a much better job of make, letting you know Mike Trout was on the long him. driver tour. He's too boring. He's too boring to be good. Uh, in the NBA, in Giannis, terms of like right? who is the must-watch you know, belt holder right now, is it Giannis, Steph when he's healthy, bombing threes from everywhere? I'll put Trey Young in that mix, too. I don't think it's him, but or LeBron James. Who's your pick, Rami? I think it's Giannis. And I've seen Giannis and LeBron. No offense to Steph Curry or Trey Young. Both very good at what they do. But it's been Steph at some point, though. It's been Steph in the last mm, five years. I think it was still LeBron. To me, it was still LeBron. Even when Steph was at the head of his powers, it was still LeBron. If we're just talking about entertainment value. I mean, people would show up an hour early to watch Steph shoot threes from the tunnel. Now, that would be crazy. But have you ever seen LeBron's warm-up? Mm-hmm. Because LeBron's warm-up is almost equally as crazy. I saw the dude... Like shooting half-court shots. I saw stuff. him sitting on the floor in the at the corner. At the corner. Out, like, basically out of bounds and hook-shotting shots in, like, routinely. Sitting, at like, butt on the ground, hook-shotting <laughs> shots into the basket. It's crazy. But for me... Just because it's newer, it's 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 Giannis over LeBron. It's close between those two, but it's Giannis over LeBron. And I think I st- I still think it's Steph if Jun, he's healthy. Joe and I were talking about this last week. I think I'm pretty sure it was off the air. I talk a lot. Sometimes I have trouble deciphering what happens on and off the air. But you see Giannis in person, and literally three steps from half court, yeah. and he's done dribbling. He's picking up the ball and attacking the rim. It's insane. It's crazy to watch. How fast it happens, and how you talk about Byron Buxton running like a gazelle, the 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 strides that Giannis takes, and despite what James Harden said, the skill that he displays yeah. at that size is insane well, to see in person. And for a guy who who doesn't shoot that well, but what he does, Curry's game is great to watch. But I think he, you get a pretty good feel of Curry's game on TV. Like if you watch a Steph Curry game on TV. It translates See, to TV play. When I when I went and saw Giannis play here this season, it is really freakish in person to see a guy basically take the ball at the free throw line of that size 
and just take off. Right, but his this is where I actually now I'm moving into James Harden with Rachel Nichols territory here, where he said oh, it doesn't take that much skill to be seven feet tall and just have go go gadget arms. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far mm-hmm. like James Harden did. Yeah, but you, what you're talking about between Giannis and Steph Curry in terms of you got to be there, you got to buy a ticket. Like you had that feeling with Ovechkin last night. Giannis, it's the physical freakishness that this dude is a praying mantis who scores 30 points every night and can just, he can get from half court to the rim in three steps. With Steph, and this is where I disagree with what you just said, I think being there in person to put into context, we've all stood, we've all played some level of basketball in our lives and we've all, you know, been at lifetime fitness or whatever and like, like st- standing at the free throw line even and clanking shots. And this dude is pulling up from the logo. Three feet inside half court and just splashing. Mm, you've seen me shoot. You really expect me to be <laughs> impressed by that? Fair enough. Do you guys know? Thank you. So I got ripped off, though. Well, I didn't get ripped off because I didn't have to pay to go. But I showed up for that godforsaken Wolves game for <laughs> one reason yesterday to watch Luca play. Because I saw him play last year yeah, and it was incredible. About this. Yeah, that was an easy maintenance day on their schedule. And he's like, well, and then the funniest thing was, I'm like, damn, he's not playing. What's going to happen? Kristaps played. Porzingis was un- unbelievable. Yeah, he turned back the clock. Did to they his give? Did they Knicks first season? Did they give an injury for Luca? Yeah, our uh, wrist hand problem. Because that's a guy who people actually would pay to go see when he's on the road. Yeah. No, actually, the injury report literally said wrist, uh, hand, or uh, we don't know. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Slash whatever. It said they're tanking. We don't care. Yeah, exactly. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Mackie and Jeb with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app. We'll get to one of our most, one of our favorite games here is Fire Extend Year to Year, and Judd has come up with a fun one for about 10 minutes from now. But earlier today, gentlemen. That's right. On Score North Twitter, we unveiled, it's bracket season, the random Minnesota athlete bracket. Voting takes place on the Score North Twitter account, and first-round matchups are out the door. Now, this might be a little bit tougher for Rami, who hasn't doesn't have the longevity in the state of Minnesota to really immerse himself in some of these names. But for Judd and myself, and even Jonathan, there's some doozies on here. And the parameters were simple. 32 players, a mix of Twins, Vikings, Timberwolves, Lynx, United, all the all, Gophers, you name it. And you can't be a star-slash-prominent athlete you're on this list because you're vaguely remembered as, oh, yeah, remember that player? Your number one seeds are Carl Esther Crumpler, former tight end for the Minnesota Vikings in 1999. I don't know who the hell that, that is, but that's a great name. He's the brother of Alge Crumpler, who was a Alge, better yeah. tight end for, I think, the Atlanta Falcons yeah. in the early 2000s. Yeah. He was uh, Mike Vick's tight end for a while there in the early 2000s. Rasho Nesterovich is one of the number one seeds. Big man for the Timberwolves in the 90s. Matthew Lecroy, catcher slash DH, who once had to be pulled from a game when he was with the Nationals uh, because he had like six overthrows of the second baseman throwing down to second base. And Miles Tarver is the other one seed. So here are the matchups today. Uh, Carl Esther Crumpler versus Fernando Bob, the eight seed. Yep. Fernando Bob out to a lead in this one, Jonathan. United Early player start. from 2018. Seven games, one shot for Fernando Bob. Wow. Can't say I remember Fernando Bob. He's a defensive midfielder, so you're not going to get a whole lot of shots. He did have one assist as well. It's just a great name for a Brazilian. The 4-5 matchup in that bracket is Rashad McCants versus Rashonda McCants. 
a family battle. Yeah. That's not fair to pit family against family, man. You can tear that family apart. Uh, Jason Tyner, former Twins outfielder, utility guy, versus Matt Johnson. Matt Johnson, noted wild fighter guy, right? Yeah, in fact, like 10 I years believe ago? he was, uh, no, 20 years ago. I think he was the original wild uh, goon. So he was on those Gabarik teams from yep. the early 2000s. Yep. And then um, Moritz Boehringer, the German wide receiver the Vikings were basically forced to draft in the fifth round by the NFL to show, like, hey, we got football in Europe. It's great. Mobile. Versus Lubomir. The German YouTube. The German YouTube is where they uh, That's right. plucked his Scotty <laughs> Rick. Moritz Boehringer versus Lubomir Sekarash, another wild player. Number 77. Uh, first round. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, some other notable matchups here. Dontarius Thomas, Vikings linebacker from 10 years ago, the Brad Childress era slash Mike Tice era. I did a profile Versus Cherokee once. Parks. You did a Dontarius Thomas I did profile? a profile on both those guys. Wow. I did a Dontarius uh, <laughs> Thomas profile for Viking Update and a Cherokee Parks profile for the uh, Wolves game program. That's how old I am. Amazing. That was a long time ago. Cherokee Parks' sister was in a band. Can't, can't name that band on the air. Um uh, the Blank Riot. Yes. Right? Yes. Played First Avenue once. Yep. Uh, Kelly Holcomb and Terry Tiffy squaring off in one of the first round matchups oh, here, the random Minnesota athlete bracket. Oh, boy. Kelly Holcomb, I believe, once threw for like 400 yards in a playoff game for the Browns, and then he became the Vikings starting quarterback for three games in he 2007. He started here? Yeah. For three games. 2007 was a Vikings quarterback masterpiece. Kelly Holcomb, Brooks Bollinger, Tavares Jackson all made starts. Started the game against, I remember I... One game was at Kansas City he started. And who did he have open in the end zone for a potential touchdown and overshot him and said, you, you just ain't good. Who would the options have been there? Bobby Wade could have been open in the back of the end zone. Yeah, I don't remember. Marcus Robinson had been cut by It was then. the same game where they got robbed uh, because Vasante Shanko, I think, caught a touchdown and they screwed it up and replay didn't save him. But yeah, that was a Kelly Holcomb start. Yeah. Chili loved him though from their time in Philadelphia together. I think this is a Judd special here. A couple of gopher athletes. <laughs> Tutu Atwell, Gophers wide receiver from the nineties, versus Barry Talixon from the Gopher hockey team like ten years ago. Barry Talixon, some of the best Google uh Barry Talixon hair. That was probably from some your time hockey as a hair. Uh, oh yeah. Season ticket holder for the student section Good time. And then uh, one of my favorite matchups oh, here I like this. in the random Minnesota athlete bracket, Scott Stahoviak versus Ronnie Turioff. Hoviak. I still re- recall watching him at uh, played college baseball at Creighton, I think, before he played here. Scott Stahoviak was. This is what happened. Like the Twins had two World Series championships, and then the next wave of prospects was supposed to carry them through the nineties. And that wave included in different years: David McCarty, Scott Stahoviak, yeah. Pat Mahomes Senior, yep. Willie Banks. And there was a couple other guys. Who were the there twins? Too. So who were the twins attempts at first base between Herbeck and Minkavich? Stahoviak. There was a guy they picked up, was it David McCarty? Greg Colburn. Greg Colburn from the Marlins. Yeah. At one point in the late nineties. David McCarty. They also tried, I think, Jose Offerman at one point at first base. Sure they did. Matthew Lecroy played a couple minutes at first base. And David Ortiz played some first base too. Uh, he was no good. Didn't need that guy. Why would you keep him? Good thing they got rid of him. (laughs) Boston, take him. Um, And then uh, Oliver Miller versus Greg Beekert in a 3-6 matchup in one of the regions. You can vote. Oh, Greg Beekert's got that easily. What was Greg Beekert's? Was was he a linebacker? Linebacker, yep. And uh, He was cooked here. He he had been good in Oakland, but of course, getting de by Michael Vick on the overtime touchdown run makes him famous. That's right. So he was the dude who... 
He was like the last line of defense when Michael Vick ran in overtime 50 yards for a touchdown. Okay. Anybody would have an ass made of him if you're the last line of defense against prime Michael Vick. And you're old. Right. No, it wasn't Beekert's fault. It was just memorable how he got depleted. <laughs> Poor guy. Who was the pass rusher the Vikings had around the same time? Greg Beaker was a linebacker, and then they had random pass rusher guy who was really good. Like, he'd come in on third downs. Lance Johnstone. Lance Johnstone. Yep. There you go. Did a profile on him, too. I had a profile on everybody. They were all positive. Can I know we do you're a, shocked by Can that. we do another bracket where Judd, it's just a 32-player bracket of obscure people that Judd did profiles on at the Star Tribune? Between, no, no. It's It was for, freelance between the Wolves game program, for which in the 90s, I got free tickets and was very appreciative. They didn't pay you? Oh, it's Timberwolves. You got Wolves tickets. I got in Wolves the tickets in exchange for doing freelance pieces. Like my best yeah. piece, a rookie KG. Okay, that was fun. Uh, Did he actually talk? Yes. In fact, I got him. So I got him. This is when they used to practice in Lifetime in Target Center. So we're in the downstairs, and he's what nineteen or so at the time. And I'm like KG, you know, because the the PR department had set the whole thing up. And he he looks at me and he goes. Got to talk and walk. Got to talk. So I'm trying to talk to him in an elevator going back upstairs. And he was he was okay. He wasn't great. But between him and my profile on J.R. Ryder, who blew me off, I kid you not, no fewer than like five times before he finally sat down. Shocking. Yeah, what, a, what an interesting guy such a guy stand-up guy. Yep. All right. That is the random Minnesota athlete bracket, which you can vote all throughout the next couple weeks. We're going to uh, we're going to have different rounds and whatnot on score North Twitter. Just S K O R North Twitter. When we come back, extend year to year or fire Mike Zimmer, Richard Pitino, another tough loss last night and Ryan Saunders. And is Tony Romo really worth $17 million? <laughs> I think there's going to be disagreement in this room now that uh, now that the the man has been paid. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. There's never an off-season for Purple Daily weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. right here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Purple Daily is the only five-day-a-week show dedicated to the Vikings all year long, hosted by Matthew Collar. Listen throughout the week as, Cor- as Matthew Collar is joined by former Vikings Sage Rosenfels and Alex Boone, along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. When you I take a pill for that? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Eon! 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 You guys know what that means, right? It's the Stefan Diggs emergency alert system. Eon! He's Eon! At Stefan Diggs. Wow. I love cryptic Stefan Diggs tweets. It's out of control again. People be so weird, dog. Dot, dot, dot. He loves those ellipses, man. He loves those ellipses. You know, as a fellow overuser of ellipses, mm-hmm. same. I can't rip him. I use ellipses all the time in text. Mm-hmm. Not No other form of writing. But in a text, always using ellipses. It's always, it's always just, it's, it's, a, it's an easy way to just sort of like serve the ball to somebody. But I don't just, it, that's not how I end a thought. I don't end a thought with an ellipses. I use ellipses like if I just want to inject something. You know what I mean? So, Almost like a parenthesis. But not at the end? No. Who ends a thought with an ellipsis? A ton of people do. Really? Yeah, I think if, yeah, you, if, you, if you curl the thought up. It's sort of a, it's sort of an ellipses. If so I were to say like people be Rami, so weird, do you, dog, Rami, do you really think that 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 an ellipses is not? Stefan is confused about this. Like if we were to help him out, 
He just doesn't need them. That well, he's much. listening, so you're helping him out right now. But just make that a period then. So what was the tweet again? People be so weird, dog. Dot dot dot. So he could have gone to the grocery store today. Something weird happened. Or he's talking about Rick Spielman. That could be it too. He also over the weekend retweeted Muhammad Sanu, who tweeted out, "You make a choice, better like your decision." He retweeted that from Muhammad Sanu. You make a choice. What was the tweet? You make a choice. You make a choice. Dot dot. He also likes the ellipses. Better make your decision. Better like your decision. Is, is dot, there? Dot. This is so stupid. Is there just like an underground network of cryptic football tweeters? I think no. It, it's think, only wide receivers. What my, is he even tweeting about? My theory is these are all song lyrics. Did we prove this? No, I don't think we've been able to prove it yet. All right, let, theory, me, let me. My type theory it in. is that give me, give me are, the tweet. These again. are all song lyrics, and these guys are just tweeting out song lyrics to see if they can get people to react to them. Give me Diggs's tweet again. The most recent one. The, yeah, the rip. Eon! Eon! The Diggs cryptic tweet. People be so weird, dog. D A W G. Okay. People be so weird. By the way, when are we going to get another Judd cryptic tweet? Can we get one it's this been segment a while. here? Sure. I'm looking up Muhammad Sanu right now to see what's going on in his People life. be so weird, dog lyrics. Nothing pops up. Yeah, he's talking about Rick Spielman. He's for, or he's talking about Mike Zimmer. I know. He a, or he thinks Thielen's weird. Or Thielen, yeah. Or Cousins. A, could be cousins, probably probably cousins. I know one he tweeted on Friday is a song lyric. Uh, it's "Love and Light." That's a Kendrick Lamar. That's a Kendrick Lamar song lyric. Okay, I forgot that when I read it at first. Well, um, another know- one that he tweeted on Friday. I played the hand I was dealt. Yaw, Y A W, had to force it. <laughs> Never seen yaw before. Seen y'all. Eon, eon. <laughs> Never seen y'all. Well, listeners, rest assured, here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, mm-hmm. we have our finger on the pulse of Stefan Diggs' cryptic oh, he tweets. tweets. We got you. Eon! Eon! Whenever you hear that Rami alert system obnoxious sounder, you know that Stefan Diggs has <laughs> tweeted something cryptic, and we will bring it to you right here on Score North. Gentlemen, what's up, baby? My wait. greatest contribution to the station, brother. Hold on. Uh oh. I just tweeted. You have more? Oh, you have your own tweet. Yep. Okay. I, I just tweeted. Eon! Eon! All right. Uh, Cryptic Judd has now spoken. Cryptic Judd tweets, Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, but the direction is always up to you. That's solid. Dot, dot, dot. That's really solid, man. Worked in the ellipses in honor of Stefan Diggs. Eon! Eon! Let the speculation begin. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, but the direction... Is always up to you. By the way, you know how when you click in the in the search window on Twitter, it brings up like your most searched things. Those will be at the top. For me, it's Stefan Diggs and Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the first two that come up for me. Well, you were obsessed with Randy (laughs) last week. Yeah, man. I need. I wanted to know where he was. Phil was gone. And if he was all right, did the Greek yogurt work? I don't know. I need. I need answers to these questions. Amazing. Well. We'll, uh, we'll keep you posted on any Judd or Stefan Diggs or Randy and Cottage Grove cryptic tweets here <laughs> on the show. But Judd floated us a little email, just a little little Judd prep bomb a couple minutes before the show started. And he said, guys, I think we have to dive in just based on circumstances and recent events. Another game of extend year to year and fire. We've got Mike Zimmer, lame duck coach for now, going into the final year of his contract. So Mike Zimmer. Richard Pitino, whose gopher squad, again loses another tough game. They make a comeback last night. They take the lead late. 
And again, they uh, they lose a game, a close game late. And Ryan Saunders, who right now the Minnesota Timberwolves, they didn't go into the season full on trying to tank, but they are seventeen and forty two, which is the second worst record in the Western Conference. And they were ten and eight. Yeah, they were ten and eight at one they point. Won so seven they won seven games since November twenty seven and thirty four over that stretch. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Saunders, Richard and Pitino, Rosas tweeted tank that. Recently, or I mean, it was an interesting pop-up win against Miami. Yeah, on the road too, right? So, all right, fire extend year to year. Mike Zimmer, Richard Pitino, Ryan Saunders, Judd Zolget. All right, so this is pretty tough. It is pretty tough. I am firing Richard Pitino. I've been to two of the last three home game meltdowns. Okay, Iowa was awful. You didn't score in the last five and a half minutes of that game. Indiana, I didn't go to, and you melted down. And Phil, last week, the Maryland loss was as bad as it gets. Yeah, You're up in that game. You're absolutely in fantastic shape. You are dominating at halftime. Maryland did not win that game. You lost it. Sorry, Richard, you're out. You're fired. I'm going to go year to year on Ryan Saunders. I don't really think this is necessarily going to work, but I'm willing to push this down the road a bit. It's the Wolves, okay? So your expectations are certainly tempered. I could see a change being made there, but I'm going to fire Patino year to year with Saunders, which is why, to me, I'm extending Zimmer, and it's why I think the Zimmer conversation is so intriguing, because I don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't think it's like he should be fired, at, but I do think there are, there are things that are definitely of a concern, and I also think that they there is a conversation to be had about the path that the Vikings are going down, and I'm not sure it's the right one or not. But Zimmer, Patino, and Saunders, I'm actually going to extend Mike Zimmer. Wow. Wow. I know. I really think the Mike Zimmer conversation is a difficult one. Wow. I think he's dead on. I mean, of those three, and I have to extend one, it's Mike Zimmer. Who else has a better track record and is better positioned to succeed right now than Mike Zimmer out of those three? Well, Mike Zimmer... (laughs) Very clearly has the better track record. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. Yeah. In terms of best position to succeed, I think there's a lot of things to be decided with Mike Zimmer's chess pieces. I and- think regardless of all all the all the potential moving pieces that we've talked about with the Minnesota Vikings this offseason, I think regardless of which way they go, he's still positioned better than those other two guys. You could almost make a case like if it was just fire extend year to year and you could put all three in any category you wanted, so you could put all three in one category. I don't think you'd put extend on any of these guys, right? I, like right now, based on what we know, no. If you could do, all, if you could lump them together, no, you wouldn't. So you guys both agree on yours. This is tough. I because I don't. There's not an obvious extension candidate. I would extend Ryan Saunders because I think we know the least about him, and like I think we know we know this has been seven years of Patino and. And I think I think he's a, I think he's a good coach. I think there's some issues in two regards: depth. Like he has he has had a really hard time recruiting depth. There's been some bad luck and a couple injuries that have hampered him in a couple seasons. But like depth and late game execution have been issues. Um, and the forty seven eighty one conference record. I mean, that's. I think I think he, I think you have to say bye yeah. if you, if if you're ranking these three. Yep. Um, I'm going year to year on Mike Zimmer, and I'm going to extend Ryan Saunders because I think at least with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and the system that they got, it looks like they've got a couple nice peripheral pieces. 
you are set up with a nice car in the next five years here with the Timberwolves. You, you don't have a bunch of crappy contracts on your books anymore. You got rid of Andrew Wiggins. And I go year to year on Zimmer just because it's been a nice run for him. And I'm just actually kind of curious to see like what a different coach would look like in in purple. So, but that's a tough one. The Wolves thing I can't tell you. I just yeah. I'm well, I'm not completely sold on the the entire thing. I like some of the stuff that they're doing, but you know what? On Gerson, I'm sorry, the Culver pick to me, I don't see it. Uh, and you Josh, up and Josh took, Akogi, actually, not that that wasn't Gerson's pick. No, but I like know. Josh Akogi looks like he the guy. He's a great defensive player, but he can't shoot. But in a, but in actual and, vetting this roster out from a Wolves standpoint, I need to see more of what they're doing before I say Gerson's it for sure. And you built this thing largely around the three point shot. You traded up to get Jared Culver, who can't shoot the three, and you could have stayed right where you were and took Tyler Hero, who's helping the Heat win basketball games. Doing guess what? Shooting the three. That's like all he does. That's what that dude does. That move is one of the more baffling ones of Garrison Rosas' early time with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, well, this will a lot of this will play out based on what D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns do on the Gophers front. This is what's. This is what's tough. Doogie and I dove into this just a little bit for like the last three minutes of Score North Live, and I wanted to bring it up with you guys. We are sitting at the same intersection of Gophers basketball that we always find ourselves at, basically in the 2000s. And it's, all right, they, they, you know, one road is we've sort of seen flashes of what they can do. In the Tubby Smith era, You know, we've, they became a top 10 team at one point, and or like fringe, I think they were ranked ninth at one point under Tubby Smith, and they won an NCAA tournament game, and they went to the tournament a couple times. They fired him after they won an NCAA tournament game. Yeah, they were looking to fire him all year, and then you know they just decided, ah, whatever, like this is weird, but we're going to fire him. Um, And and like you you see the potential of what they can do. Patino, NCAA tournament, two of the last four years, and and finished fourth in conference in 2016-17. But then... For every step forward, you take another or two steps back, and you lose games you shouldn't. And you and they might whiff on the NIT right now. They like they have to go on a run to make the NIT because you have to be a, a 500 team to get to the NIT. I'll pass. All right. So, are we at this intersection? Like, should should we be thinking? You know what? This is what the Gopher basketball program is, and our expectations need to just be reined in. And this is just going to kind of be who they are. They're going to go to the tournament a couple times every six years, seven years. Uh, they've only been 14 times in the history of the program. Or should we continue to hold expectations higher than performance has been and yeah. push this thing forward? Yes, on the second part, because of two things that didn't exist for a long time. One, in-state, you've got a, a litany of really good high school talent that we did not used to have here. And... To go back to our previous conversations, okay, the Tyus Joneses are going to leave. They're going to go to Duke. You probably can't stop them. But look at all the talent that's elsewhere. So the in-state potential here, McKinley Wright, kids like that, is fantastic. The other thing that's completely changed now with Coyle there, and this was not all his doing, but he's the beneficiary, is he can bring in coaching candidates now and say, look at what we got for practice facilities, for um, uh, weight rooms and weight training for meal plans. The thing with going back to Tubby was Tubby Smith had to find a place to practice. And he came from Kentucky. He's like, what is this? This is a joke. He used to talk about it off the air during the coaches show when I did that with Mike Grimm. So I got it back then. And Phil, I think at that time we had these very conversations about there are a lot of things here that aren't very 
uh, conducive to success for football or basketball. Those things have changed. And then the other reason why I think our expectations should change is Coyle's hire of P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck has changed the tenor of that football program for the first time in an enormous way. Mason did a nice job. It got to point B, basically, or point C and stopped. But now this football program, again, practice facility, in their case, new stadium, weight rooms. So I think all of the roadblocks that we used to throw up for goal for football and basketball, they don't, they can't do this, they can't do that. How can you compete with X, Y, and Z? Are pretty much gone. Yeah, it's true. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, the basketball program's got it tough. I mean, if your biggest thing is when Williams Arena isn't full, it's not a great place. If that's your biggest drawback, okay, guess what? If you win, it's full. It's a fantastic place. No, the biggest drawback is that at least highly touted recruits want one of, if not a combination of these two things. Can I win? And can you get me to the pros? Mm-hmm. Like, you can have all the nice practice facilities, great arena to play in. Can I win? And can you get me to the pros? And I don't know that the Gophers can necessarily answer yes to either of those two questions on a consistent basis. No, I mean, it's literally been since Chris Humphreys, 2004, since they had a drafted player. Like you said, you've been banging your head against this wall for the entire century. Maybe you're just setting the bar too high. That's what I keep coming back to with with the Minnesota Gophers basketball program. Maybe your expectations are just too high. But it's changed. To think that they're more than what they have been. Yeah, but the problem then is you're drawing a line that used to exist that doesn't now. If you get the right coach here, the selling points are easy. The selling points are, one, it's the Big Ten, and I can win. And two, if I win, you're going to the pros. So we're always, we're still approaching this like it's 10 years ago. And it's not. And when I see you choke against Iowa... And you have no depth. And, and you know, what are some of the biggest problems here? Some of the, of the biggest problems are you got Jelly Roll here and thought, this is going to be great, New York City Player of, of the Year. And, and yeah. I believe He was Mr. When, Basketball in New York. And I that believe was Mr. Basketball that's when you allowed McKinley Wright to walk. And in, in the strip, Marcus had a really, really good in-depth read on Sunday about what's gone wrong and who they, they have not gotten... And I believe his point is, since Patino let Wright walk, that AAU team, if I'm not mistaken, has not provided any player, and it's had some really good ones, to the Gophers. you got to get a coach here who can basically keep the majority of kids he wants in this state and tell those kids, one, we're going to win, and two, to Rami's point, then guess what? Those of you who deserve it are going to the pros. But we and we sit here and rightfully so we we fixate on the big names that go elsewhere. And you're, you're like you're, you're if someone wants to go to Duke, they're going to go to Duke. That's unrealistic. Or Kansas, I agree with that. But some of these other ones. But but here's actually what annoys me the most when you watch go for basketball and they have to go to their bench. You know, someone gets into foul trouble, whatever it may be, and they go to the bench and they bring in some dude who can't shoot, who isn't doesn't have any particularly you know, standout skills, right? They're just like, they're just kind of bringing guys off the bench. That's what it seems like. Like maybe there's a rebounder or something. It's been like this. This isn't just a Patino thing. This was a Tubby thing. This was a Dan Munson thing. That it's just, for whatever reason, apparently really hard to get eight or nine quality players. At least, like, I just, if you're going to go to the bench, bring someone in who can shoot some threes. And then you look at Wisconsin's roster, all right? And last night, for instance, 
Wisconsin, like like they're bringing in this this uh, Brevin Pritzel guy that they bring in with the the cartoon stone jaw, and he's out there shooting forty percent from three point range this season. The guy comes off the bench and he plays. He started six games for them this season, and I actually think he might have been a top one hundred. He was a fringe top one hundred recruit coming out of high school, so he was he was a, a fairly highly touted player from Wisconsin. But my point is, they're bringing dudes off the bench. That aren't going to the NBA, probably. They're just, but they come in and they can snipe threes, and they can move the ball around, and they're playing with confidence, and they play defense. And some of it's the Wisconsin basketball and football DNA that they've built up over decades. That you get to that program, and there's a level of confidence, and there's, hey, we've been here and done that. But there's no reason why now you can't become them in football and basketball. And by, by the way, right now, you're on track to prove that for football. Correct. It's happening right now for yes. football. There is yes. nothing There is nothing on that campus right now that puts up a roadblock to you. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't one time, and we but all we get still that. Don't know, we still don't even know if it's sustainable in football. We still don't know that. No, but you're on nice the right track. pop-up year. You're on the right track, sure. But we still don't know that it's sustainable in football. But like I said, let let P.J. Fleck have the type of run that Richard Pitino is on right now. A couple good years, he makes the tournament. A few bad years. Let P.J. Fleck have two or three bad seasons, and I guarantee you we'll be right back to having this conversation about Gophers football. Do you all, guys all think the, that's going to happen? All the feel-goods right now no. will be gone and forgotten. Here's why I think Fleck's got it to a new level. Here, here's, why I, here's why I think Fleck is different. I think the recruiting he does, his ability to get kids, is fantastic. And I think that's a huge pain in the ass. I really do. I think that there's a The fact that Patino doesn't have this state is a massive problem. Like, you have to own this state, and maybe the top three or two kids sometimes leave you. But there's that whole next level of kids that you've got to say, I want you, I want you, I want you. And they're like, oh, absolutely. Not, eh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what Fleck does, I think Fleck's got two things going for him that I've not seen in a college football coach in this town. The ability to recruit, which we have seen some guys have. I think Terry Kill was pretty good. But I also think he is an excellent offensive mind. Mm -hmm. Now, might he leave? Absolutely. But let's not concern ourselves because we always, oh my God, he might leave. But P.J. Fleck, to me, has introduced, I'll go back to Patrick's, Favorite word, a culture that did not exist here, and there's no reason why that culture can't be built on. And you know what? That might be partial credit. He's a quiet dude, so I don't know. Mark Coyle might know exactly what he's doing. I don't know. But he supposedly has a list of names constantly, and there might be a basketball list. My guess guess is Mark Coyle's not sitting there watching this, this gong show at Williams right now and saying, nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it I, it would be really fun to be just sort of a bug in his office and try to figure out, okay, what are the conversations going on here? Because look, Daniel Aturu is a wonderful player. If I knew that Daniel Aturu was coming back for next season, and I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in, I think Jamal Mashburn's kid gets yeah, here next season. Correct. Like I, you know, That's all correct. right, well, let's let's run it back one more time and see what happens. If not, maybe there's a logical breaking point. And by the way, like Richard Pitino is going to get a decent job somewhere. Well, he's He's gonna like I know people point out the record forty seven and eighty one in conference, but he's shown in the three good years here that if you give him some talent, he's gonna coach you to twenty plus wins and you're gonna get to the tournament, et cetera. So hey, we we are gonna get to Tony Romo making seventeen million dollars a year. But Jonathan, real quick here, before we get to Josh, all right. Jonathan has submitted 
Is this is this from the broadcast the other night? Yeah, this is. This from, is from a Minnesota United. This is from the the, the first game last night yeah, against Portland. This is from halftime. We're just about to get to the second half, and you just want me to play it here? No, let me set it up here just yeah. for the audience a little bit more. We we're a little self serving on this show. No, and much like you Whoa. know, an, an athlete hits a shot. You know, on bas- this show, LeBron hits Bass a shot. Can hear on a totally free score North half. We're self serving. <laughs> get out of here, man. Yeah. You can even pull clips from Score North Live, noon to two, weekdays, really? Monday through Friday. Is that when that's Scornorth, on? It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're a basketball player, you hit a shot, you're looking for high fives, you're looking for yeah. a little validation, right? You're a football player, you score a touchdown, looking for, looking for some high fives. Well, when we ask a question to a guest and they say, that's a good question, we have standings. So far on the season, Judd has five good questions. I have four. Rami has two. And Jonathan has one from last week when I was out in New York City. Mm-hmm. And we have said, if a good question takes place outside the parameters of Mackie and Jeb with Rami, we will open up if you are able to submit the audio to our show and we can prove it. And it's not a full-time contributor of Score North that is that is giving you the good question. So, uh, John, then why don't you play this from last night from the Minnesota United Score North broadcast. That's a good jumping off point to my next question. We've seen early on that because it's the opening of the season, it's usually around the 60th minute or so that these guys start to feel that weight on their legs from the preseason and just being early on in the season. Who's better set up and looks better ready to overcome that stamina issue, Portland or Minnesota? Oh, that's a very good question, Jonathan. Um, I, I actually no, We can't count these. We can't, Why not? Because you're going to be doing interviews, I'm assuming, Somewhat frequently, as the pre-halftime and post-game host of Loon Soccer right yeah, here on 1500. Cal- but you, you can easily, just before the interview, say, hey, do me a favor. Just say good question at some point. In the end. That's so easy to set no, up. No, no, it's no. not. Uh, he even, he, he is, it was such a great question about, mm-hmm. I believe, stamina was yeah. the theme there. It was the, soccer, the, so he, I tuned out. Callum gave you sure. the, whew, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. I got to give Cal's the point not to not a regular contributor. Get- Cal's not always on... <laughs> Our broadcast. He's normally on the TV broadcast. I don't think that matters. Yeah, if it's Dan Terhar and you guys work together for every game, we we can't count it. Yeah, if it's Dan, that's okay. But Cal's not on every Mm. radio broadcast. Mm. Judd's having trouble with this one. I I think we can count it. Really torn here. Rami just doesn't want to count it because I'd be tied with him. No, I just don't. I don't think it's right. If that had come from Adrian Heath or a player, I'd count it in a second. But the fact it came from a broadcast colleague of any sort, and it's Callum who just was Dan that night, but now it's going to be Dan. I'm on the fence here. Ah, boy. I just wish it was a player or a coach. You know, Rami? Yeah. Because then I'd be, I'd count in a heartbeat. I feel like you guys are trying to hold Jonathan yeah. back. I just think people, people, people who are part you know of what? the broadcast. You know what? I'd I'm, be like if you or Judd said to me, good question, while we're sitting here having a discussion. We would never say that no, to you. Obviously. Frankly. Yeah. I'm going to go along the lines of the next time that I have a borderline situation that I'll get the thumbs you see, up. You see, I'm I make my judgment just based on fairness. Just what's on good what's good for the game. I'm like Rob. Not fair. Don't it's, forget tomorrow's cramp session, remember. Judd is doing yeah. it just so that look, even even then, I'll take the L's, man, if it means keeping things on the up and up and being the one upstanding member of Mackie and Judd with Rami. If that's what it means, that's what it means, man. I'm willing to take the L's. Do I have scruples? Absolutely not. <laughs> I just remember cram session tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> Great question, Jonathan. Well, just Thank remember you. who fought for you the most here. Jonathan. I appreciate it. And the standings are now Judd 5, Phil 4, Wait, Rami and Jonathan guys, tied with 2. <laughs> you guys can keep playing that game. 
Just you guys are the Houston Astros, and that's fine. I'd rather play fair and lose than cheat. I'm sorry, and win. what? That's just the way I roll. Fair enough. All right, when we come back, we're going to fight some more, I have a feeling, over this Tony Romo discussion. And we'll get Patrick Royce in here to wrap with Royce, get his thoughts on various Minnesota sports items. Back in a second here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, but let's talk about one of our partners here, Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is all about two things, big picture things. Number one, helping business owners and giving business owners peace of mind, making sure that you have someone standing behind you in case something bad happens to the business that you have built and that you have poured your time and energy and blood, sweat, and tears into. That's thing number one. Thing number two is Federated is all about giving back to the community, a gigantic supporter of big brothers and big sisters. And there's, in fact, there was a a story written in the Star Tribune a couple weeks back, probably about a month ago now, uh, about 2000 uh, in 2003, Twin Cities businessman Don McPherson, through Big Brothers and Big Sisters, started mentoring a kid at the time named Shaquille Nelson when he was eight years old. Shaquille is now spinning it forward. He is very successful in his own right. He started his own nonprofit organization called Inner City Ducks, which provides after-school programs for at-risk kids in the Twin Cities. You mentor one young person, they pay it forward, and that is why... Big Brothers and Big Sisters is so important. When Federated uh, helps fund and stand behind Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Find out more about all the great things Federated does at federatedinsurance.com. Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Score North has a brand new golf show, 10,000 Swings with Brad Cole and David Branstead. Two golf geeks breaking down the latest in golf culture around Minnesota and the latest stories on the PGA Tour. Find 10,000 Swings at 7 p.m. on Mondays on Score North on AM 1500 or on demand on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North mobile app. This is Jonathan with the Score North download. We talked a little bit about the broadcast last night, Minnesota United. Out in Portland to take on the Timbers to open their season, and they get the 3-1 win thanks to this second goal from Kevin Molino. Inside the area again, it's split forward, and Molino finds himself onside, and Molino scores in a flash with a gargantuan bang. Molino gets two, Minnesota get three, and it's all smiles for the Loons on the road on opening weekend here. A great debut for the squad in the 2020 season. They now sit atop the standings. I know it's early, but they're atop the standings in MLS for anyone who cares. And that'd be me who cares. Hey, they looked good last night. They did. Surprised you didn't get him to sneak in good question while he was calling the game. <sighs> Romney's just bitter. So I'm bitter. Tied with him. I mean, so bitter, dude. Just saying. They're in first place, right? That's first what you place. said. I mean, this is great. What a great day. It's a great start to the season. They'll now take on the San Jose Earthquakes next sat or this Saturday at 7 p.m. You can hear that broadcast, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. Right speaking, here on Score North. Speaking of standings, we'll wrap with Royce here in just a few minutes. Tony Romo has moved into first place in the amount of money that broadcasters make. On Friday night, it was reported that CBS signed Tony Romo to a contract worth $17 million per year to broadcast NFL games and to maybe do some other stuff around the Masters, golf, whatever. That's the most money an analyst has ever received, outpacing the $8 million a year John Madden was paid at the height of his career. $9 million more per year than the highest paid color commentator. And I believe it's like a 10-year contract that brings Tony Romo $180-ish million, $170 million. So uh, the question is, is he worth it? 
$17 million for Tony Romo to tell us, Oh, Jim, I don't know, Jim. He's going to be getting paid more than most of the guys actually playing on the field on a Sunday. Like the vast majority of guys actually playing on a field on Sunday. You're telling me Tony Romo is worth more to the broadcast and more the reason that I'm going to tune into a football game than an actual active football player? There, uh, I the, think, the answer is yes. I didn't by the think way. he was worth it before this. When we were talking, what were we talking about when the, when he he I first hit the 10. free agent mark? Yeah, we were talking about ten million a year uh-huh. when he first hit the. Free, I don't know how he got it up to eighteen. God bless him. I'm not mad at him for making that money. It just doesn't add up in my mind. It does not add up in my mind. And I've been saying this from the beginning. Whenever this comes up, Tony Romo doesn't get me to turn on my TV. Tony Romo makes games I'm already watching. More entertaining. He's really, really good at what he does. You need to bring viewers. You need to bring eyeballs to the TV to to merit that kind of payday. And I don't know how many people are turning on games just because Tony Romo was the color analyst. I don't know how many people even know. Like the three of us, I don't know about you guys, I get an email about who's on the call for every game every Sunday like from the major networks. People at home don't they don't even know who's on the call for a game on a, on any given Sunday. You just turn it on because it's a game you're planning on watching and then you go, "Oh, yeah. cool, Tony Romo's calling it. This should be fun." I know when it's Tony though. I have no idea. Let me work this backwards uh because I I've been thinking since we began this debate, which is a glorious one, about the fact that you say that you don't watch games based on who's on the call, okay? But let's work this backwards from this angle. First of all, if this was the number three team, then I, I agree. I mean, like if I see, oh, it's Dick Stockton, I'm like, well, that's not great. But we're talking about the very few people who are the number one team at each network. Buck and Aikman on Fox, mm-hmm. uh, Booger and Tessator on ESPN, Tony and Jim, Jim on CBS. Hello, Jim. And I think what does get people, and I think where people might be more apt, maybe not necessarily to tune in, but to stick with it, is the announcers. And I'll give you the prime example. I like, and I I might be in the minority on this, I like Booger as a studio guy. I think on ESPN Radio and in the studio, he was really good. But there's no doubt in my mind that he he and Tessitore, Tessitore did not have a big game feel and were not a good match to be the elite team representing ESPN. So when you get a Romo to pair him with a Nance, and I'll give you the perfect example. I'll give you the perfect example of the guy who who eventually didn't belong and maybe didn't belong from day one. Phil Sims. Okay. Like I'd listen to Phil Sims and I'd be and, you know, and Jim, that's football. And when you got the football in your hand, there's a chance you're going to play football. And the football when it goes into the end zone's a touchdown. I'd be like, are you serious, Phil Sims? <laughs> Tony Romo gets Tony Romo keeps me engaged, and. His ability, and I don't know if this is going to continue or, or th- this was a, I just got done playing, so I still know a ton more than most people. His ability to predict things and to give me the trends of where things were going and what teams would do, I absolutely loved. So he might not have gotten me necessarily to the game, but once I was there with him, I was captivated. Yeah. So I say he's worth it. I think he's worth it. In fact, I think he's underpaid. That's right, Ronnie. You guys are crazy. Clear out your earwax you guys for a are second. Ridiculous. I think you guys he's are seriously he's ridiculous. Down. He's underpaid. He's doubling down. And I will prove it to you. That's a great point. Okay. 
It's a great point. Count. Thank you, Judd. Appreciate that. Yeah. No, it, it counts, apparently. Now those count. <laughs> Let's just make it a free for all. Those are just a count. Those count. Everything free-for-all. counts. Okay. Yep. So when you, this is this is how you have to think about it. Some guy at when, the bar last week told me I asked a great question. Do we count that? Do you ca- have it on tape? Did you capture audio? Oh, no, I'm sorry, I forgot to capture. Honestly, that if audio. he captures audio right. of that and brings it into the show, we might count it. Okay, okay, all right. Just That's why it. you need to be wired like I am. <laughs> Judd pulls out his recorder. You know, an iPhone can do that now. Yeah, Judd, you don't need that. MP3 talk right recorder. into my <laughs> talk right into my recorder. Talk into my chest. <laughs> Get your man boobs out of my face. So, <laughs> so when you tune in to watch, let's say, a Chiefs-Texans game, uh-huh. it's a TV show. This is, We're talking about CBS here. Right? CBS is putting out TV productions, and that's their goal is to put a TV product on your screen uh-huh. so that you watch it, right? Right. You're looking to be entertained as a viewer, and CBS is treating it as a TV production. If you rank the people on that TV show, Chiefs and Texans, based on how integral their part is as an actor or performer, it's a short list of people that you would tune in and be captivated by. Deshaun Watson, not... Pat Mahomes, maybe maybe Tyreek Hill, that's not a couple the stand- other guys, that's J.J. Not the, Watt. That's not the standard by which it's, by which it's <laughs> measured. Tony Romo, okay, you're going down a road that you probably don't want It's a wanna, TV show. Right. And I'm, what I'm saying is that analogy is probably not what you want to use with me because if there's something I know more than sports, it's food and TV. Tony Romo is like the guy over the fence in Home Improvement. Like nobody was tuning in for the guy over the fence in Home Improvement who you could only see half his face. It was cool. It was a funny little inside joke if you watch the show and it made it better. But he didn't bring uh, Tim Allen was what brought eyes to the TV. Maybe even Jonathan Taylor Thomas. We should find a list. eyes to the TV. The only thing I didn't look up was because I know that C- to, that NFL football games make up the majority of the highest watched TV shows in America, okay? The highest paid TV stars He's in America. Mr. Wilson. Listen. The highest paid TV stars in America. Sofia Vergara from Modern Family made 42.5 million dollars in 2018. People turn on Modern Family okay? to see Sofia Vergara for a number of reasons. Big Bang Theory, there's there's four people from the Big Bang Theory that make 24 and a half million dollars a year. Uh, Grey's yeah, Anatomy. They're all Grey- stars of the show. People, t- the show wouldn't work without them. People wouldn't watch it without any one of those four people. And we could probably debate that you could put any beautiful woman in that role, and that show would not miss a beat. There's, a, there's. You're saying that that if you replaced, let's say, it, like Kaylee Cuoco from some, The Big Bang Theory, I didn't watch it. Put but another I'm blonde. There was some kind of chemistry or comedic timing going on with Kaylee, just like there the is the between yeah. Jim Nance and Tony well, Romo and Jashan Watson. But the, the network has this to pay. I mean, they are print, they pay billions of dollars, so it's not like oh boy, we're paying this much. It's going to be a pain. They've got it to pay. They just don't want to ordinarily pay it. But I'm not surprised. And if you look at it. With all of the money, and this is why the players, I think, in the CBA deserve more, with all of the cash that this league brings in, everybody should get extremely rich. Okay, Patrick Royce, Tony Romo, $17 million a year, worth it or no? No, hell no, not at all. Now, he might be bringing in that much, I don't know, but I don't don't ever listen to a game because Tony Romo's on it, you know. If I'm interested in a game, I'll watch it. And if he's on, he's fine. He's uh, he's not John Madden in his heyday, but he's fine. But I don't, I don't, uh, I, I find that uh, I think he was really novel when he started because he was, 
you know, so enthused, and you could tell that he loved that football, man. But uh, I think it's become a shtick. Now. So wait, so but you, you, so you and Rami are on the same page here, and Judd and I disagree. So you guys are saying that there, there, there's no discernible shtick. difference between Tony Romo and Chris Myers in a broadcast booth for you guys. That's not what I said. No, and that's not what Pat said. No. He doesn't get us to tune in. I'm watching no. the game already. Tony Romo might make it better. Yeah, well, I'm saying that uh, two-thirds of the time I turn it down, Eddie, turn it off anyway, and uh, I've become a big fan of closed captioning. I just watch, if I don't know who oh, all the players are, I just, I just watch it on closed captioning to see who it is. I'd rather have the silence and look up every once in a while. Did you guys see that CBS while the rate kept going up and up? With for Tony Romo and their bidding war with ESPN, they've they flirted with Peyton Manning and yeah. even checked in on Drew Brees to see if he'd be interested well, in teaming Manning up with Manning. Peyton Manning be paid in the ass; he wouldn't be any good. And uh, you know, he was. I, I I would not find you know Tony Romo is a lot more entertaining than Peyton Manning ever would be. Tony Romo will actually say something once in a while. But, uh, I don't know. I think I think Peyton. I think Peyton would crack up. Peyton was great on Saturday Night Live. I think he might. Bring some funny to the broadcast booth. Yeah, well, somebody writes him an eight-minute script that he could repeat it. Okay, That's, you know, you think he's impromptu on that thing? I doubt it. So, I mean, he called audibles I, I pretty well at the line of scrimmage. So, <laughs> yes, he did. He could make Omaha, a lot of baby. Omaha jokes. I Omaha. Yeah, we could make a lot of we could make a lot of Omaha jokes. I guess about it, but no, I I just don't. You know, there are guys that'll drive me away, like. Uh, if I turn, uh, if I happen to accidentally turn on a Big Ten game or a college basketball game, and that jackass Dakich is on, Dakich is on, quickly rush to the mute button, and uh, there's a, there's a few guys like that, but not, not that many. The good thing you is, Pat, you, you love the local really guys. Makes it, you know what? It really makes a difference. Golf. Because you got five minutes between shots, you know, you're waiting for the shot. And and the guy who can tell you something, uh, you know, that that you might not know during that three minute delay is, uh, is, uh, is, is extremely valuable. And, uh, like Shambly, I think Shambly's fantastic. I'd pay him, I'd pay him a lot of money to be a golf analyst, even though it's from the studio. So. Wait, did you, speaking of real quick, speaking of golf, did you see David Faraday uh, said the fact that Patrick Reed won two weeks ago is proof that, quote, there is no God? We need, we need more commentators <laughs> saying things like that. Faraday's great. That is true. That is, it is great, but it's also, I, I, I also, uh, admire Reed greatly for uh, sticking it to everybody, don't you? I mean, it he is fun. played great. He played great. He lost a lot of that tournament because he was in it like that and had a chance to win. And meanwhile, the next week, the guy who's killing him, Kepka, misses the cut. He doesn't make it. Kepka comes out the next week and doesn't make it through 36. You know, doesn't get beyond 36 holes. So that's going to be. Somebody with a Augusta's got to put them in the same threesome on Thursday, don't they? Yes, I think. Uh, Reed. I think anything <laughs> to pour gas on a fire is is good. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think they'll probably put them because they, they do that goofy stuff too. You know, they they, they they like to do that, especially the U.S. Open. They really like to do that stuff. The USDA. There's those two guys that play together at the U.S. Open for sure on Thursday. What's your guess on Patino, Patrick? Do you think he's back next season? I say 
Courtney is. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk, but uh, deep in his heart, Coyle doesn't want to pull the trigger. I think he likes him as a guy, and I think he thinks he still has a chance, and uh, and he doesn't want to come up with the $2 million with, with all the other financial things they're dealing with over there. But he, the, the biggest, the worst thing he has going for him is nobody shows up for the games anymore. They, they had 14,000 from Iowa because 5,000 Iowegians showed up. But they go back. When you get 9,200 from Maryland, which means there's 8,000 there, right? Were you at that game, Judge? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd say 8,000 is fair. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not good. That's, that's not good. And, uh, and, uh, that, that could cost him his job. He, he has a, he has a horrendous Big Ten record. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I think I, the, I think the question is, what should we expect? I mean, they've only, they've gone to 14. NCAA tournaments in the history of the program, including the banners that we 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 have taken down. Yeah, but um, yeah, you, you you cannot relate that. To, you know, I mean, then teams. Uh, Ozzy Collins had six teams in the fifties that would have went to a tournament of that had any. You know, you got. I can go back and find all kinds of Big Ten teams that were over five hundred, which basically now gets you into a tournament. Throughout the entire Patino era, if you're over 500 in the Big Ten, you're in, right? I can find you at, you know, 25 teams that didn't get to go to the tournament because it was a 21 team tournament. So it's, it's, it's very hard to, uh, you know, relate, to use that number and say this tells you that go for basketball has always sucked. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like going to bowl games now. Glenn Mason has gotten to more bowl games than the rest of the program combined. Okay, you had to win the Big Ten until 1975. I mean, you, you couldn't go six and six. That was uh, that. That stuff is always driving me crazy. Yeah, uh, there was a uh, so, look. Our guy Phil Miller well, from Wally, this. What's your theory? Oh. What's your theory? He's a big fan of him. Well, we're a big fan of him. You think he should get another shot? You you asking me? Patino, yeah. I think it's tough after seven years. After seven years, if you don't even make the NIT with Daniel Laturu and you're not deep enough with your bench and your local recruiting, um, I mean that's that's a long run. Seven years to yes, to put something together, and I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't feel like it's trajecting upward. I guess. No, he's not. He's not that. I mean, he's only thirty-seven. <laughs> you know, it's hard to believe he's only thirty-seven. He looks a little more like about forty-four right now than he does thirty-seven. But it's 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 there's nothing fresh about it. You know what I'm saying? Is it, it's the only way he's going to do it now is to go, you know, twelve and then eight, thirteen and seven in the Big Ten and get some people. The only way to get ex- people excited now is. To win games, there's no, hey, Rich Petito, Richard Petito, young guy, vibrant guy, he's going to get her done. There's uh, there's none of that left now. It's strictly, you know, what you're going to do when the Big Ten season starts every year. Are you, you going to be able to start eight and two and get everybody excited, or seven and three? It's, it, 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 the days of the, any pizzazz about having Richard Patino are long since past. Yep. All right, Pat, we got to run, but Royce on baseball coming up next here on Score North, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. All right, gentlemen. See ya. All right, see ya, Pat. By the way, people tweeting in about this Tony Romo thing. Did we bring this up right? Simon tweets in, 
The New York Post has an article that says, quote, the NFL would like ESPN to change its broadcast team from Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland. Yeah. Like the NFL is leaning on ESPN. That last game, that, that playoff game was atrocious. Brutal. I mean, it was really bad. Did so. you see who was on the call for the ESPN internet or the international feed of the Super Bowl? Those two? Yeah, those two. Yeah. So global audiences were treated to those two. Hmm. I just don't think they're. I don't think they're awful announcers. But as far as a top announcing team for this league, I don't think that they qualify. Uh, Chad Romo does. Oh, Jim. Chad tweets in about Jonathan's good question. Uh, you, let's see. You can't count on it. It's like when Jonathan did his bowl games for write that down and won the batting title. That's another one. That's away. another one that you guys let him slide on. I, I'm I mean, gonna I, have you why, did too. I don't know why you guys insist no, 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 on making no, no. things easy you for Jonathan. He's a big boy. I'm gonna, gonna have more thoughts on this after tomorrow's show. As us. I'm. Di- I, I am gonna have more thoughts. I'm just gonna save them till after tomorrow's show. <laughs> Rami trying to duck out of the. Bowl I've got more. I've got more opinions. After tomorrow's a, show, that was a unanimous. Decision. Yeah, you're not going to say anything about this till Wednesday. Well, no, because I want cram session to be done. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to poison the jury pool. You keep playing that game, man. I refer. I refuse to be crooked. Well, <clears throat> you know what? Astros won World Series, and no one's asking is, for the rings. Even if the back, system okay? is corrupt. Just call me Jose Altuve. I won't let it corrupt me, Judd. <laughs> Just call me uh, Lance Bregman. Okay, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North. Score North app. We'll see you guys tomorrow.